In 1858, outside Boston, a bat and ball game was created which came to be known as the Massachusetts game or town ball. It's not the New York game most people know with a diamond field and three bases. Rather, in this game, there was only one out per inning. The infield was a square and there wasn't even a foul territory. There were plenty of reasons why the New York game won out over the Massachusetts game as our national pastime. Most notably, the geometry of the New York game made it both aesthetically pleasing and playable. But the geometry of the Massachusetts game was awkward and off-kilter. Many who have played both styles, however, recognize that there are some aspects of the 1858 game that make it preferable to the New York version. What if there was a game that had the geometric appeal and playability of the New York version and the unorthodox aspects of the popular Massachusetts game? 21st Century Town Ball is an attempt to be just that. With a couple tweaks added in 2012, like a physical strike zone, five total bases, stealing first base, and the ball always being live, the goal of 21st Century Town Ball has been, and always will be, to forestall the growing exodus from bat and ball. Let's bring people back to the game. Welcome back to the 21st Century Town Ball Podcast. I'm your host, Grant Moore, and this episode begins our trek into Chapter 2 of this series, focusing on the years 2018 to 2023, otherwise known as the Newburgh years, or the Newburgh era. Our first guide on this tour is Veritas School alum, Tristan Rickert, who, as of the time of this release, is now the official team captain of the Newburgh Quakers. I met Tristan the very same day that I played my first outdoor town ball game in June of 2019 at Shampooey State Park, and that was the game that started my relationship with Daniel Jones, as well as uh, people like Tristan, but also Jones's son, Chuck. You'll hear from Chuck later. Since then, Tristan has become a great friend, a friend with whom I can share my enjoyment of Greta Van Fleet and Anglicanism, as well as Town Ball. Tristan's family has been native to Newburgh for about 100 years. He loves history, tradition, and he grew up playing baseball, but decided to step away from baseball right after his freshman year of high school began. That being said, he said uh, more than once on this episode that Town Ball filled all those gaps for him after he uh, started that freshman year at Veritas just a few years back. Tristan is an excellent example of the kind of character and leadership that we want to see in our players as this sport grows, and I'm excited for you to get to know him better through this episode. His best piece of advice to anybody observing Town Ball is three words. Play the game. Let's hear how Tristan himself started to play the game. Well, hello, Tristan. How are you, my friend? Doing great, Grant. How are you? I am doing well. It is about 10.30 Eastern time because you are three hours behind me and you and I have full-time jobs, so you came home from work and you had to get some dinner and now we're talking but that's okay i'm i'm used to doing this sort of late night talk to my west coast friends thing so mm -hmm. welcome on 
you, uh, unlike the previous guests, are not uh, indigenous to the Central Valley of California. Where and when did you encounter Town Ball and what was going on in your life like right before you would have encountered Town Ball? Yeah, so I'm from a little town called Newburgh, Oregon. Um, I grew up here. My dad grew up here. My grandpa grew up here. Even my great-grandpa grew up here. Um, I I go back and my family goes back in Newburgh 100 years. So we've been here for a little while. I, uh, for school, went to Veritas, kindergarten all the way through senior year. Veritas is a you know small classical Christian school. And my freshman year, that is when a man, an enigma, by the name of Daniel Jones, came along and introduced me to this game called Town Ball. Before Town Ball, I had played baseball for years. Uh, I absolutely loved baseball. Uh, it was, it was uh, I wouldn't say it was my life, but it was a significant portion of my life. Going into my freshman year, I decided to, to stop playing pretty much just because I wanted to focus more on school and I didn't really feel the need uh, for the added commitment of, of high school sports. Uh, I thought it might be, you know, just too much to manage, especially going into high school. So then right at that moment, right as I, I found myself without this, this sport that I love, that I had played for years, here comes a very fun, fast-paced, similar version of the same game. I immediately fell in love with it. Uh, it was only a couple weeks into the school year when Jones uh, organized his first town ball game there. And uh, we played it in the field right outside the school. And it was a hot day. It was a sunny day. It was just great to have a bat in my hands and I was hitting the ball. And, you know, it was just so much fun. I love how town ball, like, it has the feel of baseball in terms of throwing the ball, hitting the ball, catching the ball. But it's also just not baseball. It's its, its own thing so that was kind of my that was my introduction to town ball my background coming into it and my first impression of it and and so your freshman year of high school would have been like fall of 2018 is that right uh it's fall of 2018 that's correct okay do you remember what your first game was like and was it bizarre how how fast <laughs> did you take to it what there's this uh one thing that the previous guests had remarked is that there was this sense of freedom that they felt after playing it, they didn't realize was there for them. Do you resonate with any of that? Um, not in those words. I, I wouldn't put it in those words. My first game, it, we had a good amount of people there. Um, a lot of people were interested in this strange sport that this new math teacher had brought to us. Jones uh, knows how to talk to people and how to get people to do things. So you got a good number of people there from all grades. I I just thought it was it was kind of bizarre, especially coming from the structure of baseball. Uh, and not that town ball doesn't have structure; it's just a it's a spiral, not a not a diamond, if you know what I mean. So I just thought it was weird. <laughs> I thought it was so weird. Yep, that's a good um, word for it. <laughs> um, but like it's it's weirdness and uniqueness, and um, I, actually, yeah, the word freedom like the freedom of it being able to run anywhere being able to peg the runner being able to do trick plays it just introduced a, a whole new world to me it added a new dimension to what a bat and ball game what my perception of a bat and ball game was right because unlike the and and i i mean i for all i know you might have 
had some knowledge of like late 19th century baseball stuff. Not at that time. Not at that time. Yeah. I mean, me neither until I met Jones. But I mean, unlike the students at university high school four or five years before you, they weren't coming to it from scratch, combining all these rules from these different precedents from that time period. And then, okay, some total product, here we are. You were playing a game that you probably didn't even know it was based off of an 1858 rule set for the most part, right? I mean, town ball feels and looks new. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, town ball probably didn't even feel or look vintage at all to you in the beginning, did it? Uh, I mean, Jones had his collection of vintage gloves that he handed out. Uh, that's kind of his his thing. Um, so that was the only thing that hinted vintage. But other than that, it didn't really seem vintage at all. It just seemed like, <laughs> again, it just seemed weird. When did you learn that there was so much more to the game than what you caught firsthand by playing it? It was right around uh, towards the end of first semester. We put uh, a club together, an official club. And I was the, I think I was the vice president of the club that year. Lucian Himes was the, uh, was the president. Um, and so it was, it was a series of meetings leading up to the election and formation of the club that really just, yeah, introduced me to the history of the game and the beauty of the game. And like, I'm a guy who just loves, um, I love tradition and I love lineage. I just love doing the same things that other people have done before me. I just find I find beauty and fulfillment in that. Um, and so playing a game with such a, a rich history, like it just made me love it even more. And yet you're one of the first people to play it at the same time. Yeah. Which which yeah. is bizarre. You're, you're, yeah. it's, it's this collection of things that people played something like this, 120... 130 years ago but people like you and i are the first people to play this exact version of it so i can't believe like that you know we landed at this particular moment in time and in that particular place with people like daniel jones to yeah have the privilege and the blessing of experiencing town ball in its early years it's such a wonderful game i mean so my brother nathan went to Veritas school just for one year. And it was that year. It was the same year that all of us was happening. And I'll bring Nathan on down the road from what he can remember. But I mean, I met you, I think the following summer or at least late spring, perhaps in 2019. Yeah. So right after it was like the day after field day or the weekend after field day at Veritas, I had organized a game at Shampooey Park. Oh, that was you. Yeah. I was the one who organized it. Oh, yeah. 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 Jones, that was my uh, first. Jones put me in charge of all that. That was my first outdoor game. Yeah. That was, was that like June or July? I don't even remember. That was June. That was, that was right after field day. Okay. Um, uh, it was a nice game in, uh, in this big grass field right by the river. Yep. I think it was Mr. Wasi uh, barbecued and everybody brought food and it was just a, it was just a great day. Yeah. Yeah. I almost hit. Mr. Wasi with a wild pitch a couple times because Jones doing his Jones thing asked if I was interested in pitching. I said, sure, because I had done a little bit of pitching in my grade school baseball career. Um, (laughs) And when I got up there again, 
and it, it just felt great. Having the zone there really helps. But anyway, we're we're just getting excited now because we're friends and, the, and we're reliving the experience. But back to yeah. your your story with this, let's do like a, just a short overview of then until now when it comes to your involvement and love of town ball. So it started in that fall of 2018. You had a club at the school. How did it, how did it for, take shape at Veritas? How was it formed? So there were three main town ball seasons. So we did, uh, we played outdoor in the fall at the beginning of the school year. We did an indoor tournament in a gym uh, during the winter. Uh, and then we continued and that was a, that was a three team tournament, uh, and so we, 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 there were captains, we picked teams. It was great. Um, I was made a captain, uh, my freshman year, which, uh, I don't think I was prepared for looking back. Um, but you know, I, I continued to be a captain all four years of high school. Uh, and we, we won it all my, my senior year and my junior year. I think we might've, oh, we didn't do a tournament in my junior year because of COVID. That's right. Um, oh, yeah. COVID was not a great yeah, thing for town ball. That thing. So I was, yeah, made a captain of one of the teams my freshman year, uh, was the vice president that year, was elected president at the the very end of the school year in 2019, and then continued to serve as president uh, my sophomore and junior. And the very beginning of my senior year, I, I relinquished the, the role for senior year. But yeah, so I was always in the leadership of the club. I always managed one of the teams. And it was the summer before my senior year that's when jones asked me to be a part of the motherboard Um, Ah. and so that's yeah so that's when i became a motherboard member we actually haven't discussed the motherboard once yet in the sequence really what is the motherboard tristan if you could explain it the the motherboard is sort of the i I hate to call it the governing authority of town ball uh the, the the aristocracy but like it's just a bunch of people who love town ball who try and further the ends of the game uh, in their own respective areas and so we we try and have a good spread of people from all across the country who are committed to the the game and its uh and its mission yeah and we just like it was the motherboard that worked to to organize the upcoming tournament and uh worked to you know start doing these podcasts yeah, that's that's sort of what the motherboard does in a in a short couple of words. When was your first trip down to Fresno to play town ball with Jones's former students? So we have done the the Veritas crew has done two trips down to Fresno now. The first time, I think it was that summer, might have been the summer before my yeah, yeah summer before my sophomore year. I think that was summer of twenty nineteen. I was not able to go that year, um, and it was a it was a very short group that came down and played a few games. And but last summer was my was my first trip, and we yeah, it was a full five team tournament. Oh, that was your first one. Yeah. Oh no way! Yeah. I I thought you had gone down at least once before. No. Okay, so that was probably only people like Daniel Beals and Beals and Olivier and Olivier. Okay. Wow. So you and I experienced our first town ball uhs alum experience together okay yeah that was so fun oh my god it was great i I can't wait to do it again yeah you mean i i won't be there this year but you will 
So I can't travel that far this time around. But how has Town Ball become progressively more meaningful to you? That's the that's something that the previous guests have told me is that as they played Town Ball at University High School, it very much just felt kind of a Lord of the Flies thing mm-hmm. where they just got together and played this thing and they were kind of scrappy and they didn't really think much of it beyond their high school and it wasn't until they played the bay area vintage baseball club summer 2017 that they were like oh boy this is legit and other people are playing this game and that was kind of an aha moment for them that doesn't necessarily mean you wouldn't have something like that even though you've kind of been handed down town ball in its kind of complete form but have those been more subtle for you over time how how has that gone so it, immediately, it meant a lot to me. Right away, it filled the void that baseball had filled for years. Just right away, it meant it meant a lot to me. And as I took leadership in the Veritas Club, I mean, I've just seen what the game can do. Just about anyone who plays it absolutely loves it. How hard is it to find a sport that you can find anyone on the street and then they just and they just love it? Like, yeah, that's so rare. So yeah. rare. Uh, almost a hundred percent positive response rate. Almost a hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, and like multiple times we'd be playing at Rennie park and then Jones would just ask strangers walking on the walking down the street if they want to play and then they'd play and then they'd love it and they'd come back like that happened multiple times. And so, yeah, it's just, it's not only, it's not only a game, it's a community as well. Like just the community of town ball, the community of people around it. It's just a bunch of people coming together around this game. That is also a beautiful thing. That's so that's how it began in the in the beginning stages. And yeah, again, as I've taken more and more leadership, I've just I've just loved it more and more. I'd like to to keep things going in any way I can. Yeah. Yeah. So you are now a graduate of Veritas School. Yes. I am. So you graduated right before last the tournament May. last summer. Got it. So you're one year out. And you're still pretty involved in life in Newburgh and the greater Veritas community, probably because of Town Ball, right? Yeah, very much so. Um, uh, we did the last several months, we did games every Friday under the pavilion at Veritas. <clears throat> and so um, I went to almost every single one of those games. And we got a good, we got a good George Fox turnout each time too. Yay. It was, it was good. Yeah. Yay. Um, My efforts paid off. After I wasn't there anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. It, that was that was very encouraging. <laughs> yeah. How has your experience been not only as a player of town ball, but as a student of Daniel Jones, the teacher? Mm. So I didn't have Mr. Jones until my sophomore year, until second semester of my sophomore year. And so at first he was just kind of the town ball guy. And we'd talk mainly about town ball. And, you know, that was that was pretty much it. And, and we we became friends through town ball. Um, but I never really had him as a teacher. <clears throat> so then uh, second semester of my, my sophomore year, I had transferred over to his class. I was kind of struggling in the other math class. And he's just different. <laughs> the way the way he teaches, uh, the way he acts. The way he, I mean, the way he does things is it's uh, debate style. That's his whole thing. And so he would uh, ask a question like, um, like, what is a line? 
And then different people would come forward and they would propose different answers. And then through a uh, debate, we would form a consensus upon a definition. And then he would tell us if we're right or wrong. And if we're wrong, then we got to go back and do it all again until we're right. That's how he does his class. Now, how that how has that affected the town ball? Well, the, I mean, the UHS guys, that's kind of how they constructed the game. Uh, for me, I've noticed it in other aspects of the game, too. Whenever we don't have an umpire and there are disagreements about a call, the two the two captains got to hash it out and they got to come to an agreement. That's one of the ways that Jones, the Jones, the teacher has affected town ball. And there's there's just a beauty to that. There's an informality. There's an informality, but also a, a more personal aspect at the same time. You know, someone doesn't make the call. You guys got to argue about it. There's something beautiful about that, too. So that's one of the main ways that I see how he's influenced the game through his teaching. Do you have a like a favorite game from last year's tournament or any other time or just special memories in your head when it comes to town ball? Coyotes game. I was going to say the same thing. <laughs> Easy. Easy. That game went, what was it, three hours, three and a half hours? Yeah, we were almost getting. I think we were almost getting to four. That went. That went so long. We were under the lights. Yeah. Yeah. My favorite thing is Samuel Berkebile. He was the winning run. Quick note about Samuel. So for the tournament last year, we gave him the nickname Reese's Puffs because he had the cereal like every morning that trip. We gave him a hard time about it, so we literally made an entire chant about it every time he went up to bat. And you can't exactly discern what's being said in the sound clip I'm going to be playing, but the chant is Reese's Puffs, Reese's Puffs. Eat them up, eat them up, eat them up, eat them up. And now Samuel had been like just hesitating on the bases over and over and over again. And like he just wouldn't commit to running. He'd kind of stutter in the middle and then end up getting out. And so. You know, at one point I, I, I talked to him about that and I was like, hey, dude, just commit. Don't hesitate. Just go. Um, and it totally felt like a sports movie. It was great. And then he did it. And then Jones hits the ball and then uh, he just goes and he's the winning run. And so it was just this beautiful story of of him come, overcoming his his fear, I guess. Yeah. So that was my that was my favorite little detail of that of that game. But the whole game was just awesome too. Uh, the pitching duel. Yeah, your super peg. Uh <laughs> oh no. The super peg. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I forgot yeah. that that's Dude. like that's not on video, but like everything around it is on video. Yeah. Oh my gosh, the coyotes got so mad. Justifiably so. Dude, um, kicking a man while he's down, except throwing a ball as hard as you can while he's down. <laughs> yeah. So I, I broke my own rule, mm-hmm. which is if you are close enough to someone to peg them successfully. You do not need to throw it hard. Now, there was a guy on the coyotes who was in a pickle between third and fourth. Jones, Chuck, and I were on either side throwing it back and forth. I was the one at fourth. Chuck and and Jones were hanging around third. So it gets back to me, and this guy was running to me. Now he turns around to go back, but I'm right there. And so... I just get him. I don't, I don't, I did, was he on the ground or did he trip? Uh, I think he was on the ground and you just 
he was already on the ground and I just beat him. I felt so bad. I gave him like two bucks, like two or three bucks <laughs> after that. I'm like, hey, go buy yourself a soda. I'm I'm sorry. <laughs> Ooh, there you go. Go back, go back, go back, go back, go back, go back, go back. Go back. Go back. Go yeah so that game against the coyotes was just phenomenal um i think you guys get to play them again this next summer we do um yeah i'm i'm looking forward to it i wonder if they have the same roster Ours is quite a bit know. different this year, so yeah. I don't know. Yeah. What did what did it feel like to like have town ball jerseys and to be mm. a cohesive unit? Because the jerseys is a very new development. Also the zones. My friend Chris mm-hmm. making the zones has been a new development. You you've been around for those things when though that aspect of town ball has started. Yeah. How, what what was that like? Well, so we had jerseys for our Veritas tournaments. And so that was the kind of the first time that jerseys were were a thing for me with town ball. And, I, and it was kind of right away. It was, it was that winter of my freshman year, but having a one school, three team tournament is different than a two state five team tournament and it's six teams, last six, uh, six teams. Yeah. And having a whole bunch of people drive down 16 hours just to play this game with people like it was awesome having the jerseys they were homemade yep you know can't beat that were um, the ones that you had before your freshman year were they like the vintage style that was made for last summer's tournament they were the vintage style that were yeah they were made by a company in china i think jones found them and designed them and ordered them oh really so they how how different were they then from the from the newberg quakers like old 1910s style that we made last year. Uh, it's it's a modern fabric with a vintage look. Oh, Those okay. jerseys. It's like okay, my, my Boston it. jersey. Have you, haven't you seen me wear my Boston oh, jersey? Oh, that was what your Boston jersey was. So yeah. did you guys retain like the old team names like Boston Red Caps, Louisville Grays, stuff like that that the UHS guys did? Yeah, so I was. we were the, the Boston Bean Eaters. I think we picked names from the 1885 MLB season. So yeah, we were the Boston Bean Eaters, uh, Jones's team. They were the uh, the Trolley Dodgers. Uh, then there were the New York Giants. That was Lucian's team. Trolley Dodgers. Yikes. The Trolley Dodgers. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's such a funny name. So you're going to be in this tournament on the Newburgh Quakers team again this next summer, and uh, co-captain. Co-captain. Nice. Who are you co-captaining with? Jones. Oh, right. Thank you. That'll be nice for you guys because then after this tournament, I mean, Jones will and his family will be looking to pick up and move. So I have good news that you already know is that uh, it appears that from what I know right now, and this will date the episode, but I recorded this on April 24th of 2023, that Brent will be returning to Newburgh because he'll be teaching at Ambleside, which is another classical yep. school in town. 
And last time I talked to Zach Buckles, which was a couple months yeah. ago, looks like they will be returning back to Newburgh as well. So yeah, you have I heard that from Ethan. Yes. Okay, good. So confirmation then. You'll lose Jones, but you'll gain Brent and Zach. And you'll probably see Brent at church too, come to think yeah. of it. Um at Church of the Vine. So uh you you'll you'll be able to have a little more support. So yeah. The uh, the town ball I played in Oregon is still my favorite. The stuff we've been able to do in Hillsdale so far has, has been pretty fun, pretty impressive, and it's only going to keep doing that. But I will always cherish my experience playing town ball for the first time when it was new to me from summer of 2019 all the way up until when I graduated from George Fox in the late spring of 2021. Playing at the football practice field at the corner of Villa and Fulton. Yeah. Th- those, I think those were my favorite games. Yeah. Like almost immaculate grass. We had a I nice backstep. Oh, yeah. You did. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad we brought this up. I will always remember this memory. We had a game in the spring of 2021. Correction. It was the fall of 2019. Back to the podcast. At that field, I think it was one of the very first games back that we did. It was cold outside. I was uh, living off campus, renting a room from a professor and his his wife at the college. And uh, I convinced them to come out to the game happening that day. Because as you remember, we had a game every Saturday that fall semester at that field and we Sunday or Sundays. No, you're right. I think it was was Sundays. And no matter what, we always had about eight people at the least. And it was never the same eight people. Yeah. Eight is a Fibonacci number. (laughs) There you go. Even since coming to Hillsdale, that law has remained. I don't know what it is, but anyway, there was this moment where there was a crazy long distance peg. I don't know if you were there for this or if you remember, but either someone threw it from like behind the, I think the catcher or first baseman threw it all the way over to second and got him. And Mm -hmm. it was right in front of the, like the, the family I was staying with. This was the one moment they came to watch out the game for like five minutes. And then they were, cause they were walking their dog and then that's what they saw. Yeah. And we were all going nuts. I mean, because in town ball, long distance pegs are probably the biggest, like the biggest excite- highlight. They're the, probably the biggest highlight of, of any like wow moment that you can capture in a few seconds. That was one of those games where we played at that field. And I mean, that's the same field that was the first time for Brent, for Ryland, for Zach. I think it's for Ethan and Kana and Ben, their introduction was the pavilion. At, at Veritas. Um, Andrew Chandler ben? is another one. Rennie Park might have been another. Ben, yeah, I remember Ben at Rennie. Wait, no. Ben did come to the football practice field at least one time. I remember that yeah. because the ball went behind up to that little backstop up against the fence. He darted from fourth to like behind where the backup catcher is, grabbed it, and then sprinted right back to fourth and pegged the runner right before they got safe. And he did yeah. this in like so short a time. And I 
I knew Ben was like athletic because he did cross country growing up, but I didn't know that he was fast. Yeah. Yeah. That's another moment that will always be in my head because I was so shocked. I was like, oh my gosh, that was amazing. So, because he just got there so quick and got the job done. Oh, yeah. So, of all the, I think we, just for the record, kind of just have to say all like the names of the places in Newburgh that we played. We, we played at like four or five different places so far. So, Veritas Pavilion. Um, and then there's the field behind Veritas. Then there's Indoor Town Ball which is not happening anymore because we don't you don't have access to the space anymore, right? Yeah, we don't have access to that gym anymore, the North Valley Friends gym. Yeah, but... so North North Valley Friends Church is right over the property line from Veritas School, and they were gracious enough to let the students use that little indoor carpeted room for indoor town ball. Indoor town ball, we haven't even talked about indoor town ball on this podcast yet. That's a great way to get people super interested in it who might not otherwise have the patience during an outdoor game to really get those crazy moments with, with pegging and things like that. Would you agree? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and yeah, pegging is a lot more common and indoor. Yep. <laughs> there, there's like, there's so many fun aspects to indoor, like hitting it off of the walls, uh, getting caches off of the walls. I, I have a distinct memory of me leading off on first and Jones was pitching and he threw it at the wall behind me and it bounced off the wall and, and hit me in the back. And so I was, I was like, Hey, missed. And then I feel it on my back and I'm like, dang. Oh, dang. Um, I, I don't know if indoor town ball was very much of a thing at UHS. I think that actually might've been a Veritas innovation. Yeah, that was a development. That was, um, that was Jones just trying to find ways that we could continue to play into the winter because he knew that he had some momentum. Yeah, that, so that is that is worth mentioning for the record. So yeah, the indoor town ball under the pavilion at the field of the school. So that's three places right there. One other park in Newburgh that we played town ball at a few different times, but we forgot to mention in our list of venues played at is Tom Gale Park. Back to the podcast. Um, the football practice field at Fox. Yeah. The quad at Fox. I wasn't able to make it to that game, but yeah. Oh. We've done that a couple times, or maybe at least yeah. once. Um, Rennie Park, which is probably where we've played the most probably. now, would you say? Yeah. Yeah, it's just a great public field. And again, that's where we've been able to get a lot of just bystanders to play. Yeah. Well, and I have a lot of good memories at Rennie Park, too, playing, because that was where we tested some of our n- new iterations of town balls. That was right around the time where we were really starting to crack the code on making the town ball. And we got to test all of them out at that park. And then I also remember Jones getting new shipments of balls. And at the Veritas Pavilion, there's a net that you can pull across. And so Jones would just toss them to me and I'd hit them into the net yeah. over and over again. And we'd, we'd just kind of see how they behaved and uh, handled after being hit multiple times. We We talked about the sound, how they... Um, how they flew off the bat, how they popped off of it, and yeah, that so there were that was another place that we uh, analyzed the balls and tried to find the best um, the best formula. That's true. You would have been around. I mean, more than me. I mean, uh, Jones and I would call all the time, but you were actually the one in person helping him test those out. What was that like he, being a part of that process? It was great. I was honored. Jones just asked, like he just asked me, "Hey, you want to come and hit these balls?" Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to say no to that. 
Uh, so yeah, we just get together and test them and talk about them and argue about them and figure out which one was the best. And, and again, that's kind of the Jones, the Jones, the teacher coming through, you know, just kind of arguing about it and, and finding consensus and picking a, uh, picking a favorite. We spent, I want to say we spent three years in total doing like serious work yeah. on the balls. Jones had been plotting and, and thinking and, and testing stuff with the balls for a long time before then but it wasn't until about 2019 where we really were like okay let's actually get this down so the the thing with the town ball is that you want it to be soft enough so that when you peg someone it doesn't kill them but not so soft that when you hit it it just goes thud and there's no satisfaction at the bat it took us so long to do it because there's a lot that goes into the process of winding the ball and making it round and then getting the right materials and then we've had to do a lot of that overseas and then there's you know communication issues sometimes and then economic reasons and covid didn't help and so we finally i think we're we're done with that and that was last i want to say last year before the tournament yeah we, it was like we're good we we got it so that's done and then now the jerseys and the strike zones are the frontier is there any parting words of tristan's love for mm-hmm. town ball that you would love to impart to the world play the game Yep. <laughs> it's that simple. Yep. Like I've seen, like I, I've explained the game to so many people and they're like, Same. come on, like that's weird. Yep. Um, but play the game. Amen. Experience it. Like, it really does speak for itself. Uh, it's just, just so fun. Very, again, very, very strange uh, and quirky and just, it's just a good time. It's a good time to to spend with friends and uh, in competition with one another. And it's filled the whole, it's more than filled the whole of baseball in my life. And I really hope to um, continue uh, and be involved with it and really excited for the future as well. Me too, man. Thank you so much for all that you've done too. And being kind of the rock and the remnant in Newburgh. Yeah. My Oops, looks like the Zoom recording cut off right before he was going to finish saying my pleasure. Well, thank you, Tristan. Thank you for tuning in to the 21st Century Town Ball Podcast. If you want to learn more about the sport, you can visit our website at 21ctownball.com or look at our content on Instagram under the page at 21ctownball. If you're interested in playing the game or creating your own townball team, you can DM us on social media or email us directly at 21ctownball at gmail.com and we would be happy to start a conversation with you. I'm your host, Grant Moore, and this is the 21st Century Town Ball Podcast. Is there a ball in your town?